The date is Friday, July 24th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On this episode, our guest DJW takes us into the magical world of music production, teaching us the different ways that he makes money through his art. Enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another amazing episode of Entertain This. Entertain This. Yeah, As always. Go. That was a bad one, but whatever. Do you, well, was, I liked it. You know what? The variety is the spice of life. Yeah. That's, that's fact. Some people say that. I say it all the time. Uh, anyway, as you all probably know by now, unless this is your first time tuning in, which I doubt that you would skip straight to episode 21? Nah, 20. 20. 20 episode yeah. 20. We're one week away from being able to drink. Yep. <laughs> Such a shame. Anyway, my name is Alex. My name is Michael. And I'm Nick. And guys, it is the uh, fourth podcast of the month, not the last podcast of the month, um, as we usually do, because there are five Fridays this month. Mm-hmm. So we have something interesting coming for you guys next week, but you'll have to wait for that. But since it is the fourth uh, Friday of the month, it is our guest podcast. Mm-hmm. And today we brought uh, someone near and dear to my heart, uh, and that is my uh, future brother-in-law. And he also, uh, some of you know, uh, creates some of our uh, transitional music for our other podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is... Devin Walker, but I go by the name of DJW, which is D33JW. First, first question right off the bat is, what's up with the threes? <laughs> so, um, I'm tweet. glad you're here to clarify this. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, 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 I definitely, yeah. That's actually, the, you guys are the first ones to actually ask, so, which I know everyone's wondering why. Though but, I am. Um, the, the, first, the first time that we played your music, because you so kindly mm-hmm. gifted us music for Transition, which we've been using every podcast. And God, it's incredible. It's really great. It really is great music. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but we gave you a shout out at the end of that because we always we, we like to credit the artist yeah, um, yeah we're the credible hulk we always cite our sources <laughs> correct um but we did uh i i was the one who did the outro that week and i said we had a uh, transitional music by dj33w <laughs> and now i feel really dumb you dope <laughs> so this is my correction to that um but yeah I, i'm wondering yeah so um i actually um when i first released my uh, first single icy um on streaming platforms, I tried to actually go by just DJW, but um, because I think it, they said that like five other people um, that already have music on the platforms already had that name, so gotcha. I was gonna run into legal issues with that. So still wanted to be called DJW, I just couldn't put D, the J, and the W. So yeah. to get gotcha. around that, you know, in slang terms, some people use um, two threes in order to put that. Um, that D, E sound, yeah, that yeah, E, yeah, that yeah. e sound. Yeah, so technically, so. you're DJW. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or is it? No, it is. Is yeah, DJ. So I, um, the I kind of got influenced. Like uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of DJ Khaled. So yeah. it's supposed oh. to be the same thing like that, except for <laughs> DJ DJW. <Khaled. laughs> the meme, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is a meme. You're the right. man, the myth, the meme. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good that, that we got the name origin out of the way first. Yeah. Um, I actually have my own rapper name. If you guys didn't know, I think. 
you guys are very close friends of mine, so I imagine you guys know what my rapper name is. What is it? I don't know. You don't yeah, remember don't, what my... No, what, so I've never written a rap song. I hope too soon, and we've been in talks <laughs> about, <laughs> about, about you is it Lil you Ice? producing my... Soon. It's not Lil Ice. Lil Ice was a guest a little while ago. He helped me with a quick this. Um, but my rapper name is Lil Astexia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Lil Astexia. Yeah, yeah, it's a joke on the fact that I'm slightly dyslexic, and for that reason, I am Lil Astexia. Um, it's funny. And, <laughs> you know, I, like it. I, like it. I told it to you. You seem to approve of it. I like it because the thing is, if you ever were to take that seriously and, you know, put out good content, it's unique. Like, there's probably never been any rapper with some that type of name, so you would, you know, blow off of that. Or you can go, you know, and make a parody, you know, make it, it has to still sound good, but yeah. it's purposely knowing you're not trying to be seriously, yeah. you know, like serious, just put a good beat and a dance behind it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the, the, whole, the whole little dicky route. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, the, name, the name itself would just take off. So that's a topic that I definitely want to hit on later because I know that there are like two different kind of schools of thought when it comes to like beats and rapping and mm-hmm. like the rap game. We're going to ask you a lot of questions about the rap game. I know okay. you're a producer, but I hope that that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I deal with Yeah, uh, I mean, that's something they deal artists. with all the time. Well, you know, so, that's my that's part of my so job. I guess so. before we get into anything like genre specific, what would you say is like your wheelhouse? My wheelhouse. Um, so I started uh, before even producing beats, I started playing guitar. That was where my love of music um, nice. came from. So, what made you pick have, up a guitar? Yeah, um, my grandmother. Uh, she had one, um, and one day when my when I was thirteen, we went to Florida to visit her, and she had it in her closet. I picked it up. She told me to take it. Um, didn't I took it home, played on it for a little bit, but actually didn't touch it again. Um, until I was 16. So I actually didn't start playing music, like wasn't involved in music at all until 16. Gotcha. So like growing up from the time you picked up the guitar to Mm -hmm. 16, when you weren't like involved in music, I know what kind of genre you're into now, but like around that time, um, what would you say was the stuff that you were listening to? Like what was the the music that you listened to before you started making your own? Yeah, um, I definitely was into the... um, hip-hop pop mainstream um because i was into sports uh i played soccer growing mm-hmm. up before music right. soccer was my big thing you're so, currently wearing um, an fc cincinnati hat yeah which yeah. is our yeah. local <laughs> our local professional soccer team we just got yeah it's really cool yeah it's you want to call it i've kept up super well but from what i know it's not been great no it, it, has, it hasn't <laughs> but it's cool we have one and it's it, i mean that that's a whole topic that probably take up a whole nother oh yeah you know episode but <laughs> the sports you know, podcast is coming it it is every beginning team. You know? Oh, yeah. The I funding mean, has to be there. They have to win while sucking, you know, yeah, for a little yeah, bit yeah. before they get big names there. Right. Yeah. What's so winning? I don't know. E- I'm e- Cincinnati. Easiest, like, <laughs> easiest parallel to, like, a more well-known sport, say, like, the NFL. Yeah. We're, like, we're, like, the Browns right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just, <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, if it's yeah. Brown, flush it down. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it stays around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Here's here's a little interesting thought experiment for you. Okay. Um, so let's say, hypothetically, I were to reach back in time and I were to jack your iPod from when you were 13, 14, 15. <laughs> your iPod Nano, because everyone had one, right? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So tell All me, right. like, what, what's, your, what's on your hot playlist? What's on that, like, most played section of that iPod? Oh, man. Uh, the most played song at 13, let's see. Um, 13 it, really is the year that you develop your... 
Yeah, like yeah. Um, yeah. when it comes to music, that's right. It that's would it would probably have to be honestly some like Katy Perry, okay. you know, Z, like <laughs> nice. something you're gonna hear on the top 100. Yeah, pop charts, you know, Katy Perry. I'm sure Taylor Swift with one of her catchy like, songs or country there, songs at the time. You know, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, just that pop genre, Lady Gaga. Um, nice. You know what was really going on back let's see when I was 13 I'm trying to I can't remember exactly what grade I was in around 13 probably I feel like 13 see. is like seventh grade 13, about seventh yeah that's what I was thinking seventh sixth grade so yeah, yeah so that's when you know pop the uh, pop stars were starting to really yeah. kick yeah. up so um I said Katy Perry Lady Gaga um that um, was probably my most played yeah yeah I just remembered the first song I ever bought off of iTunes. Oh, yeah? What was it? I don't think it? you'll ever guess. Um, Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling. No. <laughs> Sorry, that was mine. <laughs> it would be a Chain Hang Low. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was your first song that you ever bought? Yes, it was. You were like, my chain do yeah. be hanging low. Yeah. Hang low. Yeah. That's interesting. I wouldn't take that from you. Yeah. So, so, like, what kind of music do you listen to now, Michael? Oh, right now? Uh, I listen to pretty much anything but country okay i mean see that's what a lot of people say yeah and it's because like i don't know i just don't like the twang i think because growing up close enough to it and like the people that i associate with country like generally just like (laughs) are they're not like what i prefer and they're low quality people no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) we have we have nothing against anyone who listens to country music and we appreciate your listening to us but like so i grew up listening to like more of like the meme like meme hip-hop meme rap Okay. Uh, so like songs like Chain Hang Low, yeah. uh, but then I listen to a lot of like yeah. um, Lincoln Park. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean that classic angsty uh, like preteen. Yeah, you have, you have to like All Time Low. Yeah, All Time yeah. Low is a classic. Yeah. Uh, Reliant K was another one. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Oh, <laughs> one of my big ones. Simple Plan. Simple oh, Plan was simple another plan one. Was, yeah. yeah, like my I used to jam out from. Uh, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. We're all relatively the same age, at least like yeah. in the comparison. Give or take sense. a few years, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we all kind of hit that same music stride. Here's something that I do want to know because um, it feels like this, this ancient mystery that I haven't unlocked yet. And that's Nick. What kind of music do you listen to? <laughs> I listen to everything. <laughs> no. You, so I asked him this question and his answer every single time has been, I don't listen to music. And then he walks away. <laughs> well, you, trapped, you, don't have, you don't have like a favorite artist or I mean I got plenty of, I got fen- plenty of favorite artists it's just that it seems like I, I'm, I'm backed into a corner right yeah and it's like well what do you listen to everything but country and rap you know okay. I don't yeah. I don't really I mean there's a couple hip-hop songs that I do like but um by and large I just I, I also avoid pop really yeah I really don't like pop hmm. so mainstream stuff I mean with mainstream anything, it takes it's, it takes a higher activation energy for me to get into it, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just me being like the part of an angsty teenager who just doesn't like the mainstream or whatever. But yeah, um, I like a lot of complex mu- music, and on the other side, I like not complex music. I listen to ambient shit all the time when I'm at work. Lo-fi. Um, I've really gotten into lo-fi recently. Yeah. No, this is not lo-fi. Oh, really? Not lo-fi. Ambient music is like just sound. So, so, so you're talking like? Are you talking like? Male, like male waiting, no whale mating. 
Uh, almost Mail like that. Mail yeah. Okay. But it's like it's like, like those colored tones too. Yeah. I mean, it's something exist, like that, that but it has me. like a. Do you have a, Do you have a brown note playlist? No. Okay. <laughs> Look up the artist. That's uh, that's another interesting thing that I want to get into because you have a. We're not going to talk about it yet, but you have a career path that you're currently going down that I find really interesting. Yeah. That's kind oh, of involved in this. Yeah. It's kind of involved with the brown note. No, 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 no. Okay. no. But like, <laughs> I was just wondering where that transition came. We'll just go ahead and get into it for a little bit, but um. Devin, you kind of work in not only like music, like the music industry, you're like out there, you're a music producer, but you also uh, got your degree in music therapy, right? Yeah, I'm, I have oh, a, a yeah. certification in music therapy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, working nice. on, I'm finishing my master's now in um, psychology, um, minor emphasis in forensics, but um, yeah, I got, uh, before I moved to Cincinnati or Kentucky about a little over a year ago, I finished and got took some classes and got certified for music therapy. So do Why, you, how did forensics to get involved in that? <laughs> just an fun. area of interest, or yeah. So when I was pursuing my master's, literally it was just like, okay, you can sit here and have a master's in psychology, and that be it, or you can take literally two classes um, and kind of get be able to have a minor in um, forensic psychology. Oh, okay. So I nice. always found that part of um, you know the psychology side of the criminal justice system pretty yeah. interesting so you just watched just a lot of stuff written by dick wolf pretty much that uh you know inside I see the mind of a murderer I see criminal minds and all that <laughs> so i'm like why not yeah sure you never yeah, take two classes and be on criminal minds i'm right exactly yeah. exactly so you have a master's degree is that right are you I'm working on finishing up yeah I'm you're gonna be the most up. learned one at the table wow that's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool yeah um and that is all very interesting but what I think is uber cool, and what's the reason why I think uber cool, I can say that, Michael. Don't give me that look. Um, you got too much of that 2010s air. Hey. I we started diving back into the room. I have it bottled up, the 2010 air, and I just suck it in when I need it. But um, the, the reason why I'm, I'm extremely excited to have you on the podcast is because you're a part of this like world that in music is so brand new. Mm-hmm. This kind of, uh, with like the internet came this like, opportunity for musicians that had never existed before which is like online sharing and platforming mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, more so music producing yeah um and i want to hear more about it i want to hear like how you got involved who like led you down this path what like got you into it how you do it i want to know it all this is this is like the whole like indie scene right like just like an indie producer not like the genre but like the actual business practice Hmm. Yeah, uh, okay. right now, yes. Um, as of 2020, is definitely a indie scene. Gotcha. Um, for, definitely for producers, but really for artists. Okay. Um, which, it's still like the wild west of music. Yeah, I, it kind of feels is. like at least because I you I follow you on Instagram, which mm-hmm. um, we can we unplug later on the show. But you're you're DJ three three on uh, yeah. a lot of social medias. But I'm on there all the time, and I'm seeing like I think you just posted something today. Or maybe yesterday, but it just showed up on my timeline today. Okay. Um, and it was like a song that you released, and you're like, "Who has lyrics for it?" Like you mm-hmm. threw it out, and you're like, mm-hmm. "Who's got lyrics for this?" Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. all the comments are like, "This is fire! This is crazy! I'm gonna do crazy stuff with this." Yeah. Um, which is really awesome, and that really just kind of goes to show, like, it's the wild west out there. Yeah. Like, you throw yeah. it out, you see what you catch. That's wow. What's crazy is that has a lot. So, I am like a major nerd. Uh, and like my actual day job is like I'm a software engineer. Okay. And that actually has a lot of parallels to the open source community, which is mm-hmm. basically just like this area where it's like people put their code up on a place, people can okay. just use that code. 
it just exists really? and some of it just like blows up and gets used everywhere like hmm. you have okay. like facebook has like their own open source stuff it's an um, api isn't it yeah right? yeah. yeah it's it's like it can be an api or it could be like a tool or i don't know it's just weird like i never thought about music being with like that like one degree of separation from music in that way. Yeah, yeah. So, the common thread is the internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just for clarification for the audience, um, those who are just completely lost to this, um, you you are a music producer. Yes. What does that mean? Just before um, we step into the internet, into like the thing that you're you're selling, let's talk about the product. Yeah. So I mean, you you know you can grab another producer off the street tomorrow and ask them, and they'll have a different definition. But um, to me. Uh, that means that basically I focus on I have a musical idea and I put it together, whether it's using actual instruments, virtual software, and um, the envisionment of it is creating basically a beginning for someone else who does something lyrically, so singing, rapping, whatever else, to finish it and create the musical content. So to me, that's what I feel like I am as a music producer. So you're like an architect. You're yeah. the person who makes like the blueprint of mm -hmm. the song. Yeah, you're yeah. so laying the foundations. It's this like peek into the cracks of music that I feel like not a lot of people get, mm -hmm. where there's this like weird kind of concept that I feel like a lot of media pushes on people where it's like, if, you're, if you make music, you make it all. Like you're the guy who writes the lyrics, you're the guy who drops the beat you're the guy who plays the instruments like like you assume that kanye like does everything which maybe he does but in this case <laughs> devin's job is he does the beats he does like the i mean you've heard the stuff he does on our show mm -hmm. he does that and then he's like all right who has lyrics for it yeah which is nuts because well, you never think like they're two different people mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. but that's what a music producer how, is how common is that like throughout the industry is that like standard practice or is that um so I would say that now it's it's pretty common, you know, to yeah. just have you you definitely like you guys were saying because because of the internet because you can literally pick up a guitar right now, record it into any software and post it on the internet and say who wants to sing on this, you know, because it's that easy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean you have it's very rare for you to be able to be successful in music now and not have someone helping you gotcha. you're gonna at some point if you like especially if you're if your degree let me reclarify that if your degree of success successful is that you're going to make some type of income from it like you're not just mm -hmm. doing it for fun and right. you're not getting any gain if you want any gain from it you're going to have to have somebody that's going to have to do your marketing or have to mix the song gotcha. or has to, you know, take this out and add that back in. Um, just because, again, you know, I can sit here and do everything myself, but if you got, if you three come up with a song, that's three different ideas. Yeah. You can't tell me that I have a better idea than all three of you in every aspect of a song. Gotcha. You know, yeah. one of you is going to have something that's better and that's going to stand out to someone. Yeah. And that's going to bring an audience, whereas people are going to listen to my song. And I, it might sound really good, but it's not going to be different. And because, I guess, yeah. you know. And yeah. I guess there's also something to say about, like, the way that the business is handled kind of in this world of music where the producer puts out a track and somebody raps over it. Not only are you getting, like, it's almost like free free exposure because... 
the person who raps on your song has their own fan base that people love. And mm-hmm. then the person who produces the music has like their own fan base that they love the beats and stuff. Yep. And once you like set it out there and you're like, who wants to rap on this? You get someone with a big enough fan base, like suddenly their fans become your fans. Yep. Your fans yeah. become their fans. Exactly. And it's like a it's kinda like a trading of popularity. Yeah, it's really it, cool. It's like that double edged sword though, where it's like, yeah, you like in order to get off the ground, you definitely need like exposure and you need that collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I know something that I'm a little bit more familiar with, which is like the art community. Like art being paid in exposure a lot of times is very it is seen as like a taboo because it's like really yeah because usually it's like cool <laughs> it's like people know my stuff almost. but like yeah. i can't buy groceries with exposure exactly. i think i think it comes uh, yeah. down to it becomes taboo when it's like during the the deal making phase and the person on the other end is like i don't plan on paying you this is what you're gonna get yeah for sure but if like you're like hey i'm cool just doing it for exposure then it's not as taboo right i I guess that's kind of what i'm getting at is like it seems like that's a much more uh accepted thing in the music community just Mm -hmm. because people like while people love doing general art as much as they like someone like you would love doing music um it just seems like there's really a passion driven motive there like versus like like there's the passion driven side as well as the monetary gain side but it just seems like in yeah. the music community that the doing things for passion is very widely accepted it it is and a lot of that believe it or not i mean you know you got to have the passion to make something of it mm-hmm. but again it's cuz it's saturated like um you know i did the um the music for you guys for the podcast yeah. but the thing is let's say you came to me and you were like, hey, how much for this song? And again, you know, I'm not really known right now, you know, and there are producers that are bigger than me. Let's say I came to you and was like, okay, that's $500, you know. Granted, whether that song is worth $500 or not, you, I can guarantee you can go on Instagram, search for an hour and probably find a producer that's more known than me, um, probably has more, you know, um, platforms more hits and all that that will probably sell the same degree gotcha. of song if not better for a hundred gotcha. you see what i'm saying so yeah. it's kind of like when you at it's this a point, free market yeah it's supply yeah. and demand yeah. yeah like and it's a like you said it's a very saturated market exactly gotcha exactly. so if you don't kind of just you know play your cards right and just every now and then you're gonna have to just realize that okay yeah i could charge for this but if i do that person might not come back, you know. They're yeah, going to sure. find somebody, they're going to find another, they're going to find a 14-year-old producer who is, you know, <laughs> yeah. who's, who's getting good yeah. and can have something decent that'll give it to them for free. So yeah, it's, right. it's so. like four-dimensional four chest. Like, yeah. what moves do I need to make mm-hmm. that so, in the future may benefit me? Yeah. So and this might, this question might be, like, coming from a complete place of ignorance on the subject, but, like... Hey, perfectly uh, okay. Yeah. That's the uh, kind of guest. We <laughs> so, are ignorant to this, so we so bring on a guest. How... Does it? Do you ever have like where you come up with something, and mm-hmm. you complete it, or you get to like your version of complete and realize like, this is so good, I have to charge for this. Like, does that happen, or is like how do you decide what people should pay for and what you can give out? Yeah. Um, so I mean, again, it, it's tricky because that's something that you just develop, you know, over the years. Um, so like, uh, I guess the the scenario is like you make it, and that instinct inside of you that you've developed is like, mm-hmm. this is something big. 
Yeah, I, I definitely um, have that. Actually, I did that the other night. Um, last night I was in the studio. I uh, made five instrumentals, and there is one, you know, like you said, I got that yeah. gut feeling like, okay, this is one that I could, I just can't give out. Right. You know, um, and again, it's, it's just a feeling as a musician and as mm-hmm. an artist. Um, you know, I'm like, you were talking about art earlier. I'm sure, um, you know, those that are in art and drawing, you know, um, you'll have drawings that you're just kind of like, okay, if somebody yeah. wants this for free you or for five dollars, all right, yeah. that's nothing. But yeah. you that's know, all you spend, my drawings. You know, <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll. But then there's that one drawing you just know, like, okay, it might. No one might take it for five years, <laughs> but when they do, make one, it's like this belongs in a museum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. rare, but yes. And part of it is that confidence too, because a lot of times you'd be surprised that. When people come to you for services in the music industry, your confidence takes, you know, can take that next well, yeah. step. Not being overconfident, but you'd be surprised how many people you can influence that something is truly great, even if at first they didn't, if they see that you truly believe it. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's a really good lesson for pretty much any job out there. Because like, mm-hmm. I know that I struggle with this, where it's like, I like I grew up being taught that being humble is essentially about like not thinking as high of yourself, like thinking higher of others than yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Where when it comes to like actually developing your own success, you have to have that confidence because no one's going to want to buy music from someone who's just like, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, (laughs) everything is a competitive, competitive market and how you sell yourself is. Yeah. It's just one of those things where like I I've noticed in pretty much all aspects of life when dealing with people that the people who are like truly successful are the people who are just like able to be humble from an aspect of like caring more about others than themselves, yeah. but still having the confidence in themselves to be able to promote it and know that they did a good job. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my next question in my mental list of questions that I have prepared, <laughs> um, is, it's more of a kind of straight scenario. I, from an outside perspective, mm-hmm. um, it, could you walk us through your creative path that you take from like you wake up in the morning and you sit down at the computer to like you're on the internet promoting the song that you've produced and like you're looking for an artist to like a completed project. Like if you have like an example of that, like maybe a story, I would love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I actually have a process that I do now. So um, right now in my career, I am at the point where I can confidently say that I make good enough music on a consistent basis that I can, you know, I can consistently charged for services you know um yeah. i still i all the time and i even if i was the biggest producer i still believe in you know not charging for everything um giving a little more a lot of a common thing i do is if someone comes to me and wants to buy um music i always at least throw in one extra beat like oh, just nice. free I, I usually always do that it's the baker's um, dozen yeah, you know <laughs> you know and the more they more they're willing to buy and the more they're invested in the more i give back just right because and that's I, super cool of you. Yeah, it, it, yeah to me it's always brought back a bigger return in general yeah for um sure. so yeah so with that um i typically with working um you know being a therapist by day I typically what uh, a, what a cool guy first. Time. Yeah, I know. Like, by day I'm helping the world with mental health, and by night I'm producing hot beats. Yeah, 
I'll tell you what, it, it's it sometimes it sometimes it can be stressful, man. You oh, know, because sure. you know, as a sure. therapist, you're listening, dealing with daily life issues and all that, and then it's I, you know, you have to learn how to be able to once you walk out the door, leave it there. Right. You know, yeah. and it, it takes it takes a long time to learn how to do that. For sure. But um, so yeah, I'll come home. You know, um, like Batman. Eat. <laughs> Take care of the, you know, see the family and all that. And then um, I typically write my music at night. Um, I try on the average to do about four or five beats a day. That is... Including weekends. My go. Including weekends, I would, I still try and do four or five minimum, but weekends, I try and bump that up to at least 10. So, so this is something you're doing every day. Yeah, I, I try. I try. Um, most days I'm successful. Sometimes, you know, a song might take two hours to do so sometimes you might only get three or four and how how long how long would you say these songs are uh i average out my songs when i'm just doing it for the purpose of marketing i average my songs um just a general basic beat at about two minutes and um 50 seconds okay so i did some quick math um on average (laughs) a week you're making around 40 songs give or take oh yeah yeah i, I would definitely say this which say is so. crazy as a total of a 90 minutes worth of music mm-hmm. a week you produce and that's every week yep that is some days you know it's you know everything comes in handy you know if you gotta do something around the house or you gotta go grocery shopping you know daily yeah. life affects that but i try my best if one day i can only do one beat then the next day i will try and make up for that yeah so like hmm. kind of rolling off the like life kind of gets in the way do you find yourself like because you have this almost it feels at this point unlimited number of songs that you've created mm-hmm. or upwards of hun- hundreds and hundreds of these beats that you've made do you like turn them on and like refresh kind of the older ones that you've made just to like remind yourself that they're there? Like play them while you're like cleaning the house or like doing grocery shopping? Yeah, or... I keep them on my um, phone on the Google Drive. And um, I'll sometimes, when I'm sitting there, you know, watching Netflix or something, I might just scroll through if a commercial is on. Um, I would probably say that I have about finished, complete finished, not ones that I've started in you know, just forgot about, like an abandoned child, but, um, <laughs> I, I um, everybody probably, has a great job. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, not including songs that I've sold already, but yeah. I probably have about over the span of a year and a half, probably about 1200 songs, Woo! a year 1200. and a half, 1200 <laughs> songs. I probably have 1200. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, you could retire. You could retire and like, <laughs> but here's the thing: it's it's quant- quantity over quality, right? You're just there. Well, no, well, it feels quality because I'm sure you have plenty of quality things. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, the the way you get better at something is doing it every single day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, and and I would be the first person to say, you know, if you start from the first songs all the way to the better. most recent ones, mm-hmm. they're definitely you know yeah. now there are some that you know I first did that still I would say are. Bangers, you can say bangers. With, you know, they slept. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and then you know there are others that I wouldn't be surprised if no one ever takes them. You know what I mean? Yeah. They might 
they might go to the grave. But it seems like that's not what the most important part is to you. The most important part is just getting them out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's the creation aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so some that I don't release, what I do is, so if I have a hip-hop artist that bought a certain type of beat for me, well, then what I do is I I separate my beats in catalogs kind Mm -hmm. of by BPM, um, Mm -hmm. the genre, if it's sad, mad, happy, whatever. And I kind of, I will always do a pitch to the artist or whoever buys, you know, if someone's buying it for a YouTube channel, say, hey, if you like that, also here's some snippets of, probably saying 15, 20 at a time, 15, 20 other songs that I have, if you're ever interested at some point. That's Mm. awesome. Yeah. I know when I got the music from you for our, um, for our kind of transitional music that we Mm -hmm. picked up recently, it was maybe about five podcasts back, right? Five episodes or so. Oh, God, it seems like it should only be two. No, it's been like a while. Holy but, shit. Um, <laughs> but I know that when I picked that up from you, like all that I said was, you know, something kind of lo-fi and chill. And like almost immediately he was like, here you go, try that. Yeah. And it was perfect. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. Um, when you said lo-fi and chill, I actually, so I was in the process of moving and I had lost my hard drive with my music on it. Ooh. And so I remember that. And my rule of thumb is when, especially when someone comes to me and seeks out, you know, services, yeah. I make sure that I'm at my quickest there, you know. Yeah, oh, you yeah. absolutely were. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and so I remember related, that, so. that the <laughs> next day. I did that beat the next day. Did you make it? Yeah, I made just like, it. So wow. without podcast yeah, it was mind, not just, one of my wow. saved ones. I actually made that. That was a custom beat just wow. to entertain this. Wow. Yeah, what's funny too is Alex sent me like a version of our podcast with that music like interlaid with it. Yeah, because I just like laid it out to hear what it would sound like. Yeah, and yeah. And like, oh my God, it was just like, oh. <laughs> It really was. It really was. Like, not to like, not, I, sorry, I'm trying to think of like the right way to say this. Um, no, please insult everyone. No, 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 no. It wasn't an insult. It was going to come up. Not, uh, you not being like, fanboy? Yeah, not to be a fanboy. That's the better way. Be a fanboy. I'm sure he'll love it. Yeah. Uh, like, it really did come across like, like everything sounded so perfect for exactly what we were trying to do. Yeah. It and took it, our podcast from, not to toot our own horns, but from like <laughs> this thing that like anybody could do in their garage, like we added in that one beat that you gave us, and it was like next level. Yeah, it's it's like it added a level of polish. It gilded, awesome. it gilded awesome. our podcast. Yeah, and awesome. we were very happy with it. Hence, awesome. Yeah, I mean, we brought you on. So <laughs> yeah, and like we knew that you something special. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, like if that's something that you can just crank out in a day, like I'm, I'm really excited to see like the, the kind of stuff that you can make, uh, where you're spending like like hours and like putting a lot of time and effort into it and like I, I don't know like the amount of talent that I heard talent hard work and the mind f- or the ear for music that I heard just through that simple beat like like Alex said chef's kiss chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Um, Man, now you guys are making me nervous I'm actually uh, <laughs> Alex Alex um I remember when he asked for that he said that he was interested in hearing some more so I'm, yeah, I'm actually in the process yeah. um I'm making more more for you guys, more lo-fi, oh, lo-fi uh, beats, um, and they're way more detailed, which is why it's taking so long. Um, so I'm kind of breaking it down and making sure everything's. Yeah. I mean, I, well. I think I can speak no, for, all, no. for the three of us and just say, like, take your time. Yeah, <laughs> create something that you make really us a enjoy, symphony, cause... 45 minutes long. <laughs> and, uh, we'll get back with you in about. What three I'm getting years. at is like from what it, from what it's been like. Pretty much anything that you're gonna make, I think we're all gonna be fans of it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of to jump back on just the process of making it. Cause I still want to go down the lane of like how, how this down the pipe of how this song travels. Um, but just kind of down that same 
kind of wavelength of like making it. How many times since you have twelve hundred songs a year? Mm-hmm. Roughly, how many, yeah. yeah. How many times do you find yourself like you make a beat, um, you let it sit for a little bit, you make another beat maybe four months down the line, and you listen to it and you're like, oh man, these are the same beats. Like, does that ever happen to you? Uh, hmm. yeah. Um, man, I'm still I'm still at that. When you reach a certain point, you kind of know what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. I'm still at the point of uh, my musical career where, I mean, I'm still, I don't know, like I said, I'll sit here this week and make three to four beats um, every day and won't end up by Sunday, won't end up liking, some, on some weeks, half of those beats. You so, know? So, um, because, like you said, they're the same or I'm just listening to it and sometimes I'm just like, man, like, I suck. <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh, this was terrible. So not you know? all the beats make it in the file. Oh no. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. And oh. that's that's the same thing along like I think what Nick was saying with the art process. Yeah. It's just like Yeah. And I think that's what he meant with uh quantity over quality. <laughs> yeah. Not not the insulting part, but more so like <laughs> But like you, you find you just, the quality in the quantity. Yeah, it's yes. it's like you have to make like things over and over and over again and it's just that slight difference where one will just finally hook you. It's yeah. variations on a theme if you want right, to take exactly. the musical aspect of it. Very cool. It does. And uh, the beauty the beautiful part about music now, again, like we were talking about um earlier is because again everybody has a computer yeah. everybody has software you can make something that doesn't sound that good and if another person sees potential in it all they got to do is just upload it on their software get the files change it and next thing you know it's someone's next top hit yeah okay. so that's why i always even the beats that i don't like i save because you never everyone's ear is different yeah you know? true so, um so. i think now would probably be a good time while we're because again, I want to follow this pipeline down. I want to see mm-hmm. like where where it like ends up like at the end of the day when this song is like finished and the rap's mm-hmm. down and everything. But while we're in this like part of like making the beat, um, so what's like the process? Like if you had to like kind of explain to a common person what making a beat is like or what it feels like, yeah. How do you how do you do it? So you, I mean, for me personally, I always have some type of rhythm. Um, in my head, um, I try to listen to music as much as possible, get ideas from people that inspire me and, you know, music that I typically wouldn't listen to. So, um, for me, I sit down and I always start with the melody, um, in songs. So typically your guitars, pianos, violins, synths, um, you know, um, and then I will try and layer those. So, my rule of thumb is you always want at least, at minimum, about three different instruments in your songs. Right. Yeah. Because um, I just think that gives it that full, that fullness, makes yeah. it, you know, airy. Doesn't make it sound like, you know, it doesn't a 10 year old just yeah. threw something together. <laughs> it it on doesn't their it sound like it's a single instrument you know, recorded exactly, at a time. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that's what I don't like about indie music. You know, it is like a lot of it is very minimal. Yeah, because it's just yeah. like it's a dude and a guitar. Yeah. It's like I can do that. Who well, can, hey, you know? we've narrowed down one of Nick's music preferences. He doesn't like indie. <laughs> he doesn't like indie. Doesn't yeah. like pop. Doesn't like indie. Okay, cross right. those two off. Now back to whatever we were talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I do the melody. Then um, drums is always what's usually next for me. And what do you use? Do you have like a beat machine? No. So I use a what's called a MIDI keyboard. So mm. it's oh, okay. a Piano keyboard. A MIDI. Hey, we have one of those on here. And um, basically, I can, if I have a synth pulled up, I can press the keys on the piano and it plays 
it correlates with knowing I'm playing mm-hmm. with the uh, synth. And you just kind of do that live, like you're jamming to the beat that you just made with that melody, and you're just like adding in the like synth under it. That's really mm-hmm. cool. So yeah. it, it kind of grows yeah. and develops in front of you, this, yeah, these beats. exactly. Mm-hmm. And Very then you cool. just, again, the beautiful thing about softwares these days is um, the software I use, FL Studio, is to the point now where all I have to do is make a melody on piano, right? Mm-hmm. I Then I can pull in... I can either connect my guitar or pull in five different instruments. And if I want it to be the same, literally, I don't even have to play it anymore. I just copy, paste, yeah. click on it, and then change one note. And there you go. That's really you cool. Know? Well, so, it's one of those things that can allow us for even quicker iteration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know if you have a song that maybe at this point in the podcast we could play that maybe shows that kind of like building progression or even just one that we could just preview if you, if you think? Yeah, so this is a beat. Um, I called the title of it was um, "You're So Cute." It was kind of a Drake Rihanna type vibe. Um, yeah, and I you actually said you, sold you it. Already, yeah, you already sold it. Yeah, I sold it exclusively. It sold within five hours of me posting it. Wow! Um, somebody on Instagram snapped it up, grabbed it, um, and then yeah, I was just saying that with the producer community, there's something called master rights and. Um, Basically, when you produce a beat, even if you sell it to somebody, at that point, you can't, when you sell it exclusively, you cannot sell it again Mm -hmm. or use it for any profit, but you still can use it to, you know, show your catalog. Yeah, so always claim and say, I did make this. So you sold you sold this song to somebody. So mm-hmm. somebody else owns it, but you're able to play it on our podcast yes. as an example. Yeah, because you're the producer of it mm-hmm. legally. Yeah, because um, I still have the master ownership of it as making the beat. In the way that I understand it, and this is kind of like the next step after like him producing the music. Mm-hmm. Um, you have two different ways that you sell music. Mm-hmm. You sell it either exclusively, or there's a second way where like leasing, leasing, where leasing. multiple people can come in on a track. Yeah. Because it's owned basically by you, and they're like, hey, I want to pay you less money um, mm-hmm. to use the song, but I don't own it. Yep. So hmm. if, if I took a beat right now um, and had it for lease or exclusive, which is typically how I market my beats when I'm done with them, um, Alex can come and have an idea and say, well, hey, I don't want to necessarily own the beat for whatever reasons. I don't have the money or it's just not that great to me. It's just something that I want to throw out. You know, um, okay, let me get a lease for it. And then, you know, you can come and buy a lease for it too. And then you you can come and buy a lease for it. And you guys can make money off of it. Um, All three of us making separate songs off of mm-hmm. the same beat. Yeah, and, and like I said, it gets kind of tricky because... There's only so many notes in music, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're like the power notes that show up in like yeah, almost every yeah. song. Yeah, so you know, if you <laughs> have hundreds at one point if you have this is very rare, but there are some times where two people lease a beat and famous artists and from a producer and they make a song identical. That hmm. have nothing to do with each other, yeah. but it's identical and then one artist gets mad because they think Right, they owned the beat when they really didn't, you gotcha. know, and so that caused you be they, uber clear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they call it still to this day. I mean, you can go on Twitter and just type in leasing beat, and you'll see just threads of people, you know, sharing their stories of they got sued because they thought they had executive rights or they did and didn't know, and yeah, it's just but for our messy. for our transitional music 
I think you touched on this before, but that's a that's a yeah yeah that's, that's an executive. That's a, so that, we're not getting that's, sued. That's exclusive. Soon. Yeah. So, oh, but you got this us. song that you pulled up. <laughs> yeah. This really cool one. Uh, what did you say? It was. Uh... It's called "You're So Cute." Yes. Um. So with this one, I actually was able to take. So a fun thing I do just for experiment is I uh, like to record sometimes my friends and other people through my phone and I like to pull them into software and kind of manipulate their voices. Yeah. Just oh, it's sampling. Yeah. Make, yeah, sampling. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. I have a funny story to spin off of this because there was one time that you posted a beat on Facebook. Yes. And um, I, I listened to his beats because they're great beats. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all fans of them on the show. Beats. Uh, as you had said before, mm-hmm. these yep. beats, the, the beats they make, the, the music that he makes is great. So I was listening to one of them and the beat started and it was good and then i hear a very distinct sound that i've heard for a very long time and it was my sister laughing and i was like you sampled my sister laughing and he's like you're the only person who said that you're yeah. the only person who would know i'm yep. like it's brother's ear but like i i heard my sister laughing and was able to identify it like within this song nice. which was but you do you you kind of take these things from your life like my sister laughing mm-hmm. um who's going to be your wife like next month um well congrats, congrats. Yeah. thank you um, thank you and like uh, you take probably other things, but I, that's the only example that I know of. Uh, but you like work these into your music, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So um, in this song, you'll hear that I took. Um, so I took a one time I was at a bar with my friends, and um, two of my friends were talking, and I had I actually took took a while, but I had to like take the video from Snapchat, um, upload it into my computer and then upload into the software and it took like an hour to be able to extract all the background noise and all that but um add some <laughs> We've been there. and uh chopped it up and so yeah so i'll play a and little bit of it this beat is, this beat has been purchased right yes yes Great. it has we just want to make that clear and then what's the name again real quick uh, it's called you're so cute yeah, yeah yeah and and you know and again here's the crazy part about being a producer the person that i have no personal connection can to you tell us how much you sold so. this one for just yeah, out yeah, of yeah, curiosity yeah. so um three million <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, this um, I sold this uh, for. I was actually having a sale at the time. So this you do um, fire sales on your beats. Sorry, hey. I just got really loud, but that's exciting. Yeah, I do. I, do. I make sure, especially especially with COVID and everything going on. It's like I, a business. I realize it, it is a business. A this lot is a of shop. people still aren't working. Yeah, mm. that's true. So you're you're doing your part to just kind of like help people out. Like people stuck at home, people are still not working. They don't have that money. You do sales, you make it cheaper for them. That's that's freaking yeah. awesome, man. Well, yeah. Especially now that like so many people are at home all the time. Right. I got time to experiment with these beats. But you were telling us how much did you sell it for? Yeah, so this one I sold for two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty. Um, this which, is a very quality beat. Yeah. Which so, is that's that's pretty much my range of exclusives. They uh, typically go from two st- minimum two hundred plus. So is the person who bought it from you, I don't know how much you can disclose about them mm-hmm. without like their permission, but are they like pretty well known? Like do they have a pretty strong um, following? I believe when I looked them up on Instagram, they had about I mean way more followers than I do, but um <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were at about sixteen hundred followers. Wow. Nice. I imagine that you kinda like have to be real in the game to like buy a beat for over two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me like my thinking is like like that sounded really good. Oh like, yeah, me, that, that was that, excellent. To me, that's like I know nothing of the market, 
but for me i'm just like if i'm gonna be making money off of that like to me that's that's like a 500 700 beat thank you that's, if you if you easy. hear that if yeah. you hear that you're like I, this needs to be exclusively mine i don't oh, want yeah, yeah. i don't want drake coming in and taking this one. <laughs> right because you know he will <laughs> so so kind of a tangential question to all of this like uh and depending depending on the answer, we can keep this in or not. Mm -hmm. uh, who is the most well-known person that you have made a beat for? This is actually something I want to talk oh, about okay, okay. as well. The most well-known person. So this is like that next step. So we've talked about like him creating the music. We've talked about him like putting it out there and like his way of selling it on his. Do you want to go ahead and plug your uh, your beat, the place where you like sell your beats? Uh yeah, so I actually um it's called beatstars.com. Okay. Um hmm. is where I will so right now I'm going like I say with everything going on, I'm kind of doing something a little different. So I will place my very general um I would say probably for people that either aren't taking it that serious or want to take the beat and add more to it. I put those beats on beatsars.com mm -hmm. and you can just search me under D33JW which is DJW. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yep, you got it. And then <laughs> um my main source right now is Instagram. So every morning um hmm. I'm posting a new beat that's available and I put, you know, in the comments it's available or like Alex said I'll say who has bars for this, you know. And hmm. pretty much um I want that those are kind of anybody listening to this kind of has a exclusive end. But the reason I do that is because I kind of am more so wanting the connection than the sale. Right. Yeah. So if someone DMs me and is like, hey, this beat is fire, how much? You know, like I said, on my website, an exclusive is I just sold that You're So Cute beat for 250 If that person would have probably reached the other way through DM probably would have been cheaper you know just because hey I entertain this exclusive yeah. <laughs> you know i form i form that i'm more right. so one of that connection yeah, yeah. at this point in my career yeah yeah it's hey it's you, like, could, nope. you could be our first sponsor <laughs> <I don't... laughs> use code entertain this through <laughs> check out through, through, through dj33w seriously, seriously, <laughs> i mean Instagram. It's, but it's things like that that sets you out you know right, besides yeah. the regular producer that's just saying Oh, here's a new beat, fifty bucks. You know what I mean? Hmm. You might, you might, if it's really good, of course, you might get a right. one or two people to lease it. You know, but again, if you guys have a listener that is an inspiring artist and they're listening to this and they're like, oh man, okay, I really want to buy a beat from this guy. Oh wait, so if I say at entertain this and use that code of a podcast I listen to, <laughs> mm -hmm. I can even get a discount. So if they you know if they I mean? just DM you on Instagram and they're like, hey, mm -hmm. I came here from Entertain This, do you would you like give them a discount? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Oh, yeah. Entertain hey, This sure. discount. Listen, sure. listen to that. It, it's so weird to me. Like I don't, I think it's because like I don't think about the music industry that much, but to me, like, there's always been this side of like, the creative industry is not like other jobs. But really, like, what I'm hearing is it's so close to what like every other job is about. Like, mm -hmm. it's all about networking it's all about just like <laughs> Ooh, buzzword yeah yeah it's, it's all about just like having your name out there so that people know to go for you go to you for this stuff yeah exactly and like yeah. it's just so weird because like that to me is how my mind thinks when it comes to like all this other stuff that has nothing creative involved with it <laughs> but like it really is at the end of the day it is that's business baby yeah yeah you're right <laughs> music industry yeah yeah no i mean 
like I said, especially because, again, I, and I keep saying it, but it, it's really important. Everybody can make music now. Everybody can. That's you know, awesome. there there are, and I mean, I'm on Instagram, I'm hearing 12 and 13-year-olds who are not sounding bad. You know, yeah. they're sounding better than I would have back at that age. Like You you have, so we brought Lil Ice on a while ago, but you've listened <laughs> to some of Lil Ice's stuff. Lil Ice. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, like I said, I wanted to talk about kind of the two separate uh, schools of thought when it comes to rap, which was like, you have the people who are there for like parody. The people who are there to be like <laughs> funny rappers, as right. Lil Dicky would say, right? Funny rapping, and then um, or Lil B, of course. There are some people who are just out there, like just legitimately rapping, which are like your like I mean, yeah. Drakes, your people who are like getting in the Honey Nut Filios and like getting down dirty with the beach, you know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can I say those things? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. To me, there's there's like a lot of crossover with that because like. I think you could make the case for Lil Dicky. The Lil Dicky is like he's a real rapper. Like he's oh yeah, no, he for sure. Real shit. But like where he started was like these funny raps. It, it was funny raps, but like I think what separated him out before, like or apart from like any other like funny rapper out there, is like mm-hmm. the quality. Oh yeah, it. like yeah. his actual ability to be a good rapper for sure, while still being funny. Hmm. And I don't know. It's I, you could talk more about this. Like I don't. I, I guess what I'm saying is like I don't necessarily see it as two separate schools of thought it's more so just like okay. it's just a different approach um yeah yeah i would i could i could definitely see that point um i think it i think if you were to ask the next person they'll probably say the opposite For sure. and then if you go down and you know somebody agree um we all have opinions and yeah 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 and neither is right or wrong right, right. yeah yeah for sure but that's kind of why we're here on the podcast is to talk right. about this shit. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. For sure. <laughs> and me point my finger um, and tell you you're wrong. <laughs> and and that is your job here, Nick. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty open-ended one. In my personal experience, there I have had people that, you know, strictly come to me and they're just like, Hey, I'll be upfront. I don't want to pay for it. I don't care if you give it to someone else. This is just what I do for fun. Yeah. Or I'm making a, I've had before, I'm making a senior project and I'm doing a rap parody, you know, so right. I just want to be behind it. Yeah, and then, want, being then like the, a professional in that kind of a situation, are you, do you find yourself going like, yeah, go for it? Or like, are you like, well, you got to like front like maybe like a dollar or something like that? Um, no, no, I, 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 uh, it's cool that they reach out and they don't just use it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good on them. Um, I actually, um, I haven't made my music to the point where it's able to be illegally used, but um, I'm actually getting ready to create a YouTube. My YouTube is in the making right now. This should be done um, by the end of this month, but that's typically where a lot of how a lot of people still beats because you can just Google, you know, YouTube to MP3, copy paste. <laughs> I've right. done that. Um, Guilty. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> done. Everybody's done it. Everybody's sure. done it before. Whether it's for a ringtone or I don't care, you know. To fill up an iPod. Yeah. Right, right. (laughs) In the professional world. Right. Because I know a lot lot of my experience is like, we need a backing track for this video. You know, are we going to use the the dumb ukulele sound that everyone does (laughs) with the xylophone? Ding, 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 ding. No. You know, like, what do you want to do? Pay for... $50 $50 track on Machinima Sound or something like that. That's but how we ended up with Redbubble. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I ended up buying it on Cinema Sound. Nice. Or alternatively, you can do the, the shady route and go to YouTube to mp3.com and, uh, you know. You know, do it that way. Yeah. 
We pay for all of our beats that we use on our podcast, just so people know. <laughs> Again, don't sue us. <laughs> um, but no, I, um, I, but see, and that's the thing. That's part. I would rather, I would rather someone come to me and just say, "Hey, for my YouTube video or whatnot, I just want a free beat." I have those. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like the only thing I require is just, "Hey, when you post it in the comments, say beat produced by DJW." Yeah. So you know, so for sure. I have that option available. That's really cool. You know. So, so those are kind of the different lines that you kind of offer is like, you have those executive, you have so on and so forth. So you sell the beat and this is kind of where Michael, your question comes into play. Like mm-hmm. you, you sell it to somebody who would you, the people you are allowed to mention, what are like the coolest stories that you have? Like, cause I know that I know personally that you have had some like pretty big successes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so the biggest success I've had is actually uh, making commercial music for uh, NBC. Um, I actually just um, sold some music to them, uh, I want to say about three weeks ago. Um, So aside from, you know, beats, you know, that you rap and single, and I also have music that can be used for commercials, Mm -hmm. uh, podcasts, you know, as you guys are, you know, YouTube videos. Um, So I actually just recently did that. Um, It's going to be used, so how... When you sell music to TV networks, um, when it's for commercial, it's by season. So you know how they have mm. like your fall TV series, yeah. Yeah. your summer. Mm-hmm. So they buy it like that. So they'll say, okay, we have this show being premiered. This is our theme for the fall. Like right now, they're I don't know if you guys really kind of keep up with NBC, but like <laughs> their big shows now are kind of the serious drama but uplifting like this is us it's one of their biggest ones right now so that's kind of the tone of music that they're looking for in the commercials right you don't want to see something sad and then you hear the ukulele and yeah you wouldn't think so but that actually affects the viewers you know, experience right. with the show. Yeah, I've been cinematography for a while and movie producing and things like yeah. that. I understand, like, the scene mood can completely change mm-hmm. due to, like, exactly. something yeah. as simple oh, as yeah. just the I, song that plays. giving me flashbacks to, like, uh, like staying up at night listening to or like watching like Adult Swim yeah being like the equivalent of just like haha fuck you Morty and then immediately into in the arms it's complete shifts because Adult Swim is happening buckle up the even better ones were the like the Girls Gone Wild commercials back in the day on Comedy Central directly into the ASPCA. So it's like, yeah, yeah, because that's, that's exactly what they did. And it was like the bongo sounds and like the do And it's like, which like slow mo And you're just like, oh, come on, man. Like, we were having a good time. It was a party. Like, the Sarah McLaughlin commercials, this is such a tangent, but the Sarah McLaughlin commercials is like that guy that you invite to the party who just like talks about his ex the entire time. Like, everyone's out having a good time. He's just like, you know, we'd really like to be here, Karen. <laughs> I miss Karen. It's like you gotta go home, pal. But you gotta go work this shit out. <laughs> so I don't know if I can. You, if I can't ask you these questions, let me know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I got you. So can you tell me how much they paid you for that? Um. So your typical. So I get so okay. So you can get paid outright, and then you can get paid in something that's called royalties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. outright, typically, with if you're not big, like you can't just. Again, you can't, like, 
I'm not a world known producer. I can't just walk into anyone right. and just start being like, okay, fifteen hundred for a beat. You know, Throw right. our name like, on there next time. You know, yeah, yeah. Be like, I was on the Entertain This podcast. Yeah, right, right. So, like, cool. Like, even, like, you know, um, so but like someone like me, um, I kind of get the royalty route. So um, instead of getting a lump sum up front, yeah. Basically, how the music industry works is. They will invest money in the project, so whether it's for whether you're recording an artist for an album um, Mm -hmm. or you're getting music together for a TV series, and they invest a lot in that, and they want that return before they start paying the artist, the director, the actors, all that. So with someone like me, you know, who's starting to climb the ranks, you know, but again, I'm not their number one go-to. It's kind of hard for me just to be like, well, if you want music for me, you know, $3,000. Right. Because then, they, you know, it, they, they really like, could just sit there again, find little Timmy who's 12 years old and <laughs> yeah. just wants to be on NBC. Yeah, it's just about and, like, all right, well, fuck you, go on to the next guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Say, I'm not paying that shit. So as, of, so as of right now, you're working on like a, a royalty. A royalty. So, so how does that work out in like the long run? Yeah, so royalties are paid um, every six months. Um, and so basically it's just how popular the music is, you know, um, they play it during a commercial, and if it catches, you know, somebody's ear, if so they it's like viewers go up. up. Yeah, viewers, the more gotcha. views, um, the more people like up look up that, like, YouTube, yeah, yeah, that adds to it. And so then, um, there's publishing companies called BMI and ASCAP. They're the two biggest ones. ASCAP sounds about it, right. Is that yeah. similar to Nielsen? Yeah, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. What is that? So you'll sign up with them, and basically their job is to make sure you get paid for your work out there. Yeah, gotcha. So BM, I'm signed with BMI. So they sit there and track, okay, I have to go in and say, this is my song, but this is who I sold it to. And their job is to track and see what percentage of how much they made off of that I get, and then they'll cut me a portion, you know, gotcha. in June. And then your next portion is in December, and... That's and that's like the that's like the long game. That's like the retirement plan. <laughs> if you want to look at it like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, <laughs> get it, enough it out there that it's like a net. Exactly. Like every exactly. six months. Because and yeah. those are things you get lifetime. You know what I mean? Like right. the only way you won't get a check after that point is if no one plays the music. Right. You know. Which is so rare. even if it's five dollars, you know, after ten years, even if it's five dollars, that's still a random. Five dollars when I'm probably eighty and I can't remember anything. You know. <laughs> it's like five bucks in your bank account. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's an extra Big Mac every every exactly. season. Exactly. <laughs> when you need it the most. One of my favorite ways to uh, envision money is to think of it instead of in dollars in the amount of uh, McDoubles that I can buy. That's good. Yeah. yeah. McDoubles. Yeah. Uh, that would also explain why I probably gained about forty pounds in the last. Hey, day. you you gained the the COVID COVID nineteen. Yeah, that totally has been happening. The for freshman three years. fifteen, the COVID nineteen. <laughs> It's terrible. So to kind of close out <laughs> this interrogation that we forced upon you. Yeah, um, interrogation. Yeah, we know. totally forced you. You didn't come here on your own volition. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got some really cool stuff coming up, like coming down the drain pipe, yeah. some stuff that you're planning on doing. And I know that you have discussed with me privately kind of like your future plans and like the stuff that you're like looking to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mind going into that? Yeah. So, I mean, musically, I always, I've always told myself that I will make sure that this stays as a fun hobby before I don't enjoy it. So the minute I feel like I'm making music because I have to or, you know, because so-and-so needs it, 
I would probably um, stop, you know, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, probably wouldn't stop listening to music or playing it, but would stop as far as the things I'm doing to make a income, per se, yeah, for it. But awesome. um, <laughs> my goal, honestly, is to, I really enjoy the psychology field that I'm in yeah. and working towards. So ideally, where I would like to be is where I am, you know, being a psychologist um, a day and then being able to get off and go to the studio with a new rising artist, you know, and yeah. work on music. Or even if it's, uh, you know, the rising artist is in Nashville, but I go to my basement, come up with the track, and send it over there. And you were kind of looking to, like, build a team, kind of. Like like an Avengers of music where you're like looking for yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually am in the works. Uh, speaking of a couple of things, um, I things am... that you can mention. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. We're not pushing um, you for any secrets. There is an artist named uh, Will O'Keefe. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I know he's... Will. Will's yeah yeah. Will's yeah. in your wedding. He's, isn't he's he? actually in my wedding. Yeah. So um, yeah, he um, has an EP out. Um, and he actually has a good amount of content that's getting ready to come out. And we are actually getting ready to start a label. He's going to um, be relocating to Atlanta soon, um, you know, get some more experience. And we're going to network a little bit. And we will be forming our own label. And, um, I mean, there are other artists. Uh, as of now, I have... 14 placements next year. So placements basically means that when somebody's coming out with an album, a song you've produced has made it on that album. It's a producer term called a placement. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm tracking about 14 of those um, and different caliber artists. You know, some no one knows about, some have a pretty decent following, but... Um, that's so cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's super bright. That's a very bright future. For sure. Living the dream. That's really awesome. Try. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So much Thank awesome you. information Thank that we've picked yeah. up. Wow, um, it's been really enlightening. Yeah, it's really cool. And, I mean, we don't get to talk about music much on the podcast. Just no, because, I mean, and we probably will more soon, but this seemed like a great way to kind of break in on, like, a completely music-based episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult coming from the side of, like, just we enjoy this. Like, we don't really have too much to offer besides, like, hey, it's good. Here's some history. <laughs> but man, this is you've said some really awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming for coming on. Oh, thank gonna, you guys for having me. Maybe, we're gonna you know, play. two years from now, you know, um, it'll pick up and I have more for you guys. So imagine like uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love the 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 possibility that you make it like huge and like DJW is out there and then somewhere on the internet in a in a yeah. dusty old corner, there's a podcast of us three interviewing you. It's just incredible to me. You know that, that this is, is your oh is this gosh. your first interview? This is actually yeah yeah you guys we are have my first somebody formal, comment first first, first, yeah. first interview interview. So if for every reason you know anything were to ever blow up yeah and if anything this episode probably because that's I mean any artist um actually just I know we're wrapping up but. Um, just to, it relates to that. No, by all uh, means, go ahead. Drake, um, they were just talking, there was an article I was reading, and, you know, you see these artists like Drake, Taylor Swift, you know, that are millionaires on their way to being billionaires, mm -hmm. and it the media makes you see, it makes it seem like they're, the stuff that they're doing now is what's making that money. But there was just an article, and Taylor Swift is just now this year starting to see the income 
from the stuff she did in 2000 and late 2018, 2019. Hmm. Really? Huh. So I know that she had a bunch of stuff with her former record label where like, they weren't like giving her the yeah. right amount of money, or they were like withholding. Yeah, some she stuff like from just her. finished up like a big legal battle. Yeah, 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 huh. yeah. And so again, it's just that's how you know. That's why in today's day and age, where everybody can make a podcast, everybody right. can do a YouTube video. Yeah, the consistency. <laughs> the consistency is what's important because once you do that that two hundredth podcast or whatever that blows up. People are gonna go back and listen to your right. other ones. Yeah, you're totally you right. Know, so. Yeah, we talked about this uh, with our last guest, who was Jade. Came on. Yeah. To, we were talking about uh, kind of Instagram artists mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like how they grow in popularity and like gain a following and like the ones that we're into. But it's exactly that. It's yep. they post regularly every single day, like, and that's how they gain their audience. And you you've touched on that. You do that as well. You mm-hmm. post every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that seems day. like the secret wow. formula is just yeah. being consistent. Right. Which and, we are. Yeah. And luckily. I'm, I'm going to make the official statement right now. Uh, we are claiming exclusivity with this interview. We are not leasing this interview. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yes. This is ours. Yes. I, I don't want to yes. go on Spotify here. Any if, of this if TMZ plays this back, <laughs> oh, I'm going to be so upset. You got to go through me, the legal department. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe by then we'll have a legal department. <laughs> not just me. Um, my, you're going to have to speak to my lawyer, Thick Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Objection! <laughs> I'm already there. Let's go. This is Kangaroo Court. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. Uh, now we're gonna we're gonna play your lovely transitional music, and when we come back, we're yeah. going to go ahead and have Thick Nick do the uh, quick this this week. All right. And oh no. I, I we're gonna do a quick this next week. You're you're cool coming on to do an app for us. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Sweet. So we'll be right back. See, isn't that great and like great transitional music? Yeah, yeah. Really you did, was. you did a great job yeah. with that. You know, really I appreciate actually, it. Um, when I was making it, because like I said, I was trying to be quick. I took another podcast off of YouTube and dragged it in mm-hmm. and muted their music and was just listening and making it along with it and seeing like what sounds cool. good to people talking and then it was perfect. Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, beta tested. How about that? How about that, <laughs> Nick? You you brought to us a, a quick this this week. I did. I, I, did. Did you? What? I assume, I assume so. You're pulling something up on your phone. It's um, Reddit. Ooh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's of course kidding. <laughs> All right, we can start the timer now if there is one. Uh, the timer. I'll be quick. This is a quick this. Remember? The timer will begin. Hold on. Now. Okay. Nostalgia. It's a powerful thing. I think it's only natural to look back with some fondness on your childhood or teenage years. Uh, I'm a model year 1994, so. I have a good tears of experience within the 90s. Model year. <laughs> That's disgusting, you robot. Wow. It's awesome. Be- because I certainly don't remember the first four, and if, if you do, you're lying. <laughs> I have some memories. Yeah. <laughs> Part of the reason why I enjoy history so much is due to the fact that I'm a pretty nostalgic person. So with that being said, what is this quick this about? It's about an album I really enjoyed listening to called Music. News at 11 by Cat System Corp, released in September of 2016. Have yeah. you heard of this, Devin? I have not. I've never heard of this either. It's obscure. I've got a dirty secret. It's Vaporwave. Vaporwave? Uh, yeah. Vaporwave. What and is Vaporwave? Um, it's like a type of music that, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe, Devin, you, you can... Do you know the movie, um, oh shit, it was the one with Ryan Gosling and Harrison Ford? 
Oh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Do you know the movie Blade Runner? Nice. Do you know the movie Blade Runner? <laughs> it's one of my yeah. favorites. It's like, imagine music to go along with Blade Runner. So like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like that, but it's like a subgenre of that where it's like taking old TV clips and tape yeah. reels and stuff like that and VHS and... Oh, that's very cool. Mishmashing. You've heard the, the meme song, right? Where it's... No. The, with, the, with the Greek head and... Nope. No? Nope. Okay. But I, okay, I, when okay. I, when I, when I or, or another. Good, another well, Devin seems to be on board. Another yeah, good on. example. Another good board. example is: Did you ever watch the movie Drive? Yeah. Do you remember the song Night Call? Yes. That would be like vapor. See, wave. that's more synthwave. Whatever. Vaporwave is more. <laughs> God damn it, Nick. Let's Talk to me about vaporwave. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I started listening to vaporwave because it's a meme. Uh, but I clicked on a Vaporwave playlist on YouTube while I was at work, and one song stuck out to me, so naturally you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, mm-hmm. and I looked up this album from where the song came from, and I was, you know, down the YouTube rabbit hole. Um, it's not on the dark side of YouTube. Maybe it could be. I don't know. Um, but uh, this is all in the context of thinking how younger coworkers will never know what it's like to be alive in the 90s or even remember it. And it's because of these nostalgic reasons that make the album so good. Music has the power to transport you back in time. And I'm sure that when you can listen to this someday, you'll close your eyes while listening to it and immediately be whisked away to a mall in 1999. The smell of women's perfume and the brightly colored clothing that everyone wore. The general sights and sound of a bustling hub of them all, consumerism. The marble floors glistening as the white sneakers squeak across them and the final slurps of that red icy that you just got. You can all see it, can't you? You feel this from this album that you're listening to. (coughs) Yes. You don't have a care in the world, but... What'd you really know about at that point? Nothing. And that's the beauty of it all. Vaporwave almost turns modern music production on its head. Is it digital? No. High production value? No. Loudness war vocals? Nope. So what is it? (laughs) What it does is take an analog track, run through a VHS filter, and makes it sound almost fuzzy. Kind of like how memory is, right? Hmm. Like the fact that it's completely different from every other genre. And it goes to show you that, hey, you don't need to be a Raina Grandi have the five-piece band or anything like that to make something great. All you need is a VHS track and a computer. Easy as that. But there's a chilling and ominous undertone to all of this album as a whole, and it might not even be one that you pick up on right off the bat. All the music and sound bites and news sound bites are taken from the morning of September 11th, 2001, right before the moments that changed the world forever. The terrorist attacks on the World Trade Centers, and I can vaguely remember that day, my mom told me something horrible happened. It's planes hitting a tower. And I'd run on a plane before this, and my plane never hit anything. I didn't know how common it was, but I had no clue how terrible it was. I just had a bad feeling that it was, you know, probably pretty bad. Life for me, after that point, didn't really change. I went on as usual. But for many older Americans, it was a turning point. What was once the glowing and euphoric optimism of the future was squashed into paranoia and pessimism. The drug-like high that we had been on from the 80s had come to a soul-crushing low. This album serves as the last gasps of a time when all we had to worry about was the Rugrats being on the TV and what's after that and what's next. And this is all growing up in one foot in pre-9-11 and one foot in post. And I think that has all had some impact on our lives that we're still seeing unfold today. The odd reality of all this is that you don't even have to be a New Yorker to feel the enormous pain that we felt back then, or even American. The artist Cat System Corp is a Dutch guy creating an album as a sort of remembrance of the lives lost that day, showing an old adage of never forget still rings true today. But what this album does do is throw you back into a world where 9-11 never happened, and it's completely different. The joyfulisms and fuzzy sacks whisk you away into a time before all this, the purest memory of what used to be. 
And I think you can truly travel back in time with music. And do you think you could even stop what was about to occur? No, even if you could have a time machine. But we don't have the power to change the past. It already happened. Do we miss the way things were, or do we just miss being children? You're at 10 seconds. <laughs> the line is blurry. Would the world be a better place if 9-11 never happened? I don't know. It'd be different, for certain. But the fact remains that it's all just speculation. And that's your time. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a game show as yeah. well. That's awesome. Let's depack that. That's the power yeah, of music. Unpack that. Not because... You know what? At first, Michael looked at me because it's it's an ongoing kind of joke almost to us that you like to take things to a place where we never expect them. Yeah. Like, you'll randomly be like, let's talk about Hitler. And we'll be like, what? <laughs> and I mean, it happened again today, but I stand by this one. I think this is really cool mm -hmm. because this is, as you said, this came out in 2016. Yep. So this is nowhere near 9-11. This is, this is 15 years later. But man, it's interesting to think that this album is just like its own form of art. It's like... It, it's a time capsule. It's, yeah. it, that's exactly what it is. And it... The fact that he took sounds from, like, the morning of 9-11 and, like, before it all happened. Like, these right are, before. These are, like you said, the last gasps mm -hmm. of that high that we had been on. I, I, it makes more sense now that you say that because, like, before I was just thinking, like, what the fuck is Nick talking about? <laughs> and then eventually, like, it clicked, like, oh, like, that all is, like, very purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Because, like he said, I mean, we all have that nostalgia of, like, before... And, I mean, I was maybe three or four at the time. I'm the youngest yeah. one at the table right now. I was now. seven, if it means yeah, anything. Yeah, I was, I was in... I remember specifically being in second grade. Second grade, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was same in here. third. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. sitting in my science class, and they huddled us all into a, into a one room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I don't remember that. But I do remember my mom being like, hey. Yeah, no, <laughs> for, just for me, happened. it was because I went to, a, like, a very... Uh, very strict Catholic school. And, I did too, yeah. Well, and like all, all my teachers were scared that they were going to start targeting like schools oh, yeah. and stuff. So yeah. like they moved mm. us all into a single room. Oh. But like yeah. the, the moments before that, you woke up that morning and everything was normal. Yeah. And that's exactly what this album is capturing. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. And he's not even, it's not, this isn't an American artist. No. Dutch guy. Some Dutch, I say some Dutch guy, but like <laughs> a Dutch, a Dutch, a Dutch man understands like this was the moment that like, Things went fuzzy for us. Everything yeah. changed. I mean, like, I think not to get like too heavy into a quick this, but like, it really speaks to like the global impact that something like 9 11 mm -hmm. had. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it being a music producer? Um, I, first I off, mean, go that, listen to it first. That, no, yeah. that, that's amazing to be able to, the fact that that person who created that made was able to make you, you know, come up with that. That's literally like, that's the point. I felt something. That, you know, that that's <laughs> the point of creating content. You want that to happen. With usually everybody, but that you know doesn't happen. But at least one person you can get to really dissect your art mm -hmm. and really be able to understand that. Yeah, that is awesome. So I I think that I mean it's I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, you know you you make something with intent and it, it's a good feeling when someone's able yeah. to pick up on that intent without being exactly. told. Exactly. So after listening to kind of what you said, and especially your description of nostalgia and like the Vaporwave things, I've listened to a lot of Vaporwave, I just realized. Mm -hmm. But it was through a series called The Dead Mall Series on YouTube. Huh. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Yes, that's where a lot of this music comes from. Is Yeah. You can so, see it, right? The malls. So The Dead Mall Series is this guy on YouTube who basically, um, he explores these malls like days before they're about to be torn down because like there are no shops in them anymore. They're abandoned. Like they have nothing but mall walkers in them. Yeah, just, we'll like, be seeing them at the Florence <laughs> Mall in Kentucky here in about a year. We probably will. And they break it. Well, they <laughs> break dying. into it's like, <laughs> they break into like closed down abandoned malls. I know when we visited your hometown, Devin, there's an abandoned mall yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had, he has been inside of that one. The James. 
Jamestown Mall? He's been inside the Jamestown Mall. But he always starts every episode with, like, an old VHS commercial of, like, a Macy's or something. Yeah. And then he, like, slowly transitions that into a Vaporwave song. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he like wow. he like explores mall has this very calming tone where he's explaining everything in front of you, and like that's like what he does. He like shows all the old stuff and like what could have been there. Yeah, it's really and it really is a time capsule. Yeah, malls I are didn't time even, capsules. I didn't even yeah. know that that was vaporwave until just now. So and thank well, you. Yeah. As a good visual representation, just in case you still aren't fully understanding of what vaporwave is, mm-hmm. uh, remember the purple and blue squiggly lines on the side of cup of all <laughs> yes. the cups. Mm-hmm. Vaporwave, that's vaporwave. <laughs> vaporwave. That is vaporwave. That is vaporwave. Yeah. <laughs> That's that awesome. is the visual metaphor for what vaporwave is. Do you think that? Do you think that you would ever try anything like vaporwave, Devin? Honestly, right Please. now, I don't <laughs> think I personally would. Um, Just like taking sounds from like the past and trying to work them in. No, I mean I'm, I'm not too far from that. I am working on my own drum kit right now, and I kid you not, I'm driving. Uh, my family at home crazy because like I'm taking my phone and I'm slamming you know the claps and hip hop music yep. in yeah. here I'm making my own by like dropping books on the floor ah. and you know <laughs> just ridiculous stuff so yeah. I, that's not too far from it mm-hmm. so I might yeah you're like an at home, at home like what right. are they called Foley artists yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um but I would definitely if I had just free time and just was bored you know <laughs> it could, didn't have wanted to try something new and yeah, couldn't think. I for sure would try it. Can I offer a challenge to you that you can absolutely deny? Yeah. Once once this podcast is this podcast will go up this Friday. Okay. Once it's out, do you think that you would be able to take it and like just listening to it, take out stuff from it, and like make some sort of a beat with like that? Yeah, sample. Yeah. yeah. Sample the pocket. Oh yeah, I could definitely come up with something with the podcast. I think oh, for sure. I think that'd be a super cool thing to release to our audience. It's just like. Sure. You want proof from the pudding for how good this guy is? <laughs> this is the podcast he was on. This is what he did with it. For sure. Oh, yeah. You yeah. should try it. And if you sure. do it, we'll release give me, it. Give me, you said it's coming out Friday? Yeah. When would I get? Would I be able to get the... I mean... Because I would just need the file for it. Like, you'll have the file probably by Friday. It'll by be on Friday. the Google Drive that give we'll me, add you to. Yeah, yeah you'll have give it. Give me a week and I'll probably have a full... And then we'll release that exclusively on our YouTube account. That is... Still looking for views. I mean, or, and, you can, or you can also just put it on your Instagram. Or you can put <laughs> I mean, it on I, I And you yeah. can sell it if you want. I don't right. care. Put it on Maybe. Uh, YouTube. I can post it on Instagram. Yeah. You know? Maybe we'll upload it as a little surprise on our Spotify account, too. Yeah. Just like a little, hey, and that gives you a little thing that you can you can make a little... Uh, He's a graphic designer. Nick is. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And you, no, can make a, you can make a little <laughs> you can make a little graphic like you did on our uh, on our Star Wars What's, what's a graphic Did you make the episode. design for the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Nice. He doesn't want to claim it, but he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> it looks good. I like melted, it. don't it, right? It's 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 good branding. Isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. It, it, it for sure. When I first saw, when I first uh, when I listened to you guys' first podcast, when um, I think I saw Alex post it on Twitter. Yeah, he's um, been a long time supporter, it, which it, is awesome. It um, like that design matched the theme. Like I saw the design and was like. Okay, and then listen, and it matched perfectly. Yeah, Nick. Nick That was Alex's idea. Well, it was it was Alex's (laughs) idea, but Nick did a very good job of translating Uh, Alex's very vague instructions. I believe I just told you like. Think comic book. I want like the like dot shading. I want like explosions and stick to like prime colors, and that's all that I told him. Yeah, and that's what he came up with, which was awesome. I'm a trained monkey. And then, well, well, then I when we did the May the Fourth episode, I was like, you should see if you do something Star Wars. You were like, give me a day, and you. If you haven't noticed, the uh, 
I didn't. I don't think the, I saw the May the. Star. I don't buddy. think I noticed that. Before. Yeah, so the, the oh, art man. for the May the Although I mean, you know, and I meant to. Oh man, I was so late on that one. No, you, you were guys fine. know I love Star. <laughs> that that May the Fourth one. That was mostly just a rant episode. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> we were heated. Man. Here it is, right here. It's kind of small, but he did oh, like yeah, a very yeah, different, see, but awesome. like very Star Wars theme one, awesome. which is really cool. Well, um, yeah. If you just want to hear me yell at a microphone for oh, I, oh I'm <laughs> the same way. You besides psychology and music, Star Wars. Right up there. Oh I think I think we're gonna get to that next week. Yeah. So save some of that energy. <laughs> Don't let it all out right now because we need to we need to capture that gold. Um, we would talk to you literally for days, but we have to end the podcast. <laughs> right. um, so thank you guys so much for listening. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, go ahead and play that outro, huh? This episode of Entertain This was hosted by Michael Savoya, Nick Mustakangas, and Alex Steele. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, with additional transitional music by DJW. We release new podcasts every Friday. Thanks for listening.